Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we're in Hebrews chapter 8. It reads, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Jumping in here to chapter 8 of Hebrews, we're in the middle of his argument of the greatness of Jesus compared to the Old Testament realities. And today we'll focus on the fact that the reality is that Jesus ushers in the new covenant that was needed for the people. It was promised and it was foreshadowed to in the book of Jeremiah. And so as we walk through the realities of what he's talking about here in this passage, it's important for us to understand that this took place many, many years before it's actually established with Jesus. And in doing so, it shows us that this was always the plan for God, that he was not seeing the failures of the nation of Israel and Judah and having to react to that, but instead he was using the first covenant as an opportunity for them to see their greater need for a savior. And the opportunity was there and explained as we've looked at previously in the book of Romans and other places in our study here in the New Testament. But today we highlight the importance of the prophecy and the promise of the new covenant as it was given in the book of Jeremiah to the reality of what the author of Hebrews is here trying to communicate to us. And so it's important to go look back at the book of Jeremiah and to see the way in which this passage takes place there. In doing so, you'll find the greatest portion of what we're looking at here is from Jeremiah 31. But you'll also notice that there are a couple of other little parts of this passage that will look different here in the book of Hebrews than they do back in that scripture in the Old Testament. And it's important for us to understand one of the reasons for that is because the author of Hebrews is using what is called the Septuagint or the Greek translation of the Old Testament to draw his quotes from. 
And so that part of the scriptures has a couple of small little additional phrases that appear here in our scriptures that don't change the essential meaning of the scripture, but were part of the Septuagint and not part of the original Old Testament Hebrew scriptures that are what we draw our Bible from. And I encourage you to go back and look at Jeremiah chapter 31, and in doing so, hopefully you see some of those differences that we're talking about, but hopefully we see even more the importance of this covenant and what's going to take place. Because this new covenant, the law is going to be written on the hearts and the minds of the people instead of the tablets of stone that were part of the Old Testament. And that's a huge difference in the reality of what's taking place. The covenant is still made with the same people, and we see later that God is going to graft in the nations outside of Israel and Judah into his people as a part of that promise of the new covenant and the greater fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham and of the promise made in the garden in Genesis 3.15. And so as we develop that and expand that, we see how that is part of God's progressive plan for dealing with mankind. It was not a reaction. It was not something that he was making up as Jesus was walking on the earth. And that allows us to see truly the greatness of who Jesus was. He, from the beginning, was God's plan for the salvation of mankind. He is the greater guarantor of the covenant that the people should be looking to and following. And so, as we've said in this passage and walking through the book of Hebrews, that's something that hopefully we live in light of and hopefully we understand the reality of the importance of Jesus and are not in the situation like these people were who were trying to follow the Old Testament realities, trying to live according to the Old Covenant, and genuinely probably seeking God through those means. But today we understand that this was God's purpose, his plan, and his path for his people from the beginning. Because as verse 7 says, if the first covenant had been able to do what it was supposed to do in terms of restoring the relationship between God and man, bringing us back to the communion that we had with God in the garden before sin entered the world, there would be no need for a second. But because that didn't take place, it's necessary that we have the new covenant. It's necessary that we have Jesus to right the wrong that's done that none of us could do by ourselves, to be the sacrifice for our sins once and for all that allows us to have the right standing before God so that we can pursue a right relationship with him each day. As far as a question from this passage, I'd love for us to jump down to the last verse in this very short chapter. It says, in speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. So what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Now, I've spent time talking about the importance of the Old Testament, but this verse seems to point to the fact that, hey, it's just passing away. It's going away. We don't need to worry about it. Is that what this is really saying? Is it really saying that there's no value to the Old Testament? Is it really saying that it's going to pass away? It's going to be removed from our visibility? Essentially, does the Old Testament no longer have value here for the author of Hebrews? I don't believe that's what this passage is really trying to communicate to us. I don't believe that it's trying to tell us that it's going to be obsolete or unneeded or unused or unimportant for us to interact with. What I do believe it's trying to say is it's talking about the prophetic way in which the Old Testament system is going to be removed as a possibility for worship because shortly after the book of Hebrews is written, 
the Old Testament place of worship, which was Jerusalem and which was the temple that was there, is going to be destroyed and going to be taken out of commission. The destruction of the temple in AD 70 really takes it out of commission for many years. There was an attempt later in about 363 to try to rebuild the temple under one of the Caesars or the emperors that was in power. But as that individual died, the project died with them, as well as there was a catastrophic earthquake around there that really led to people just kind of not trying to continue to rebuild the temple as it had been. And a lot of that is because, honestly, many of the people who lived in Jerusalem were put into slavery at the time at which the Romans came in and overthrew the temple. And so the system of the Old Testament worship of God was dependent upon that temple and dependent upon the priesthood, dependent upon those individuals creating sacrifices first for themselves to give them right standing before God so that they could mediate with God between him and his people. But as this passes away with the temple being destroyed, it's no longer going to serve or fulfill the purpose for these people. This is a prophetic warning about what is coming. It's speaking of the fact that though they may still try to do this now, there is coming a time when it's not going to be possible for them to go because it is truly passed away. The old covenant will have fulfilled its purpose in pointing to the new covenant by that time. The warning is given for them to be ahead of that, be ahead of the necessity to jump on a new bandwagon or to switch what's going on. Understand today that it has already fulfilled its purpose, and so that its purpose is not continued to be misunderstood, it is going to be removed from what God is doing. And so when we look at that, that's what I draw out of verse 13 and what the author of Hebrews is really trying to say. The old covenant does have purpose. It does have meaning, but it will not have a continuing significance for people of God who are trying to worship the Lord. They will not be able to have access to God through that old covenant, nor was that truly where they should have been focused in that time. And so as always, as you look at this passage, it's a very short chapter, especially compared to the last one. But there are many questions that you might have as you curiously read the scriptures, as you seek to grow in your understanding of what they're trying to communicate and greater grow in your knowledge of what God is trying to reveal to you. As you seek the answers for those questions today here from Hebrews chapter 8 and the other places that that takes you in the scriptures, talk with others about your findings and those you're living in community with as you're able to encourage and point them to the God that is being revealed through the scriptures. As you do that today, know you were loved. You're-